Hey, my friends, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you have to use the table of contents in the front of your Bible, no shame. Thessalonians is not just a tongue twister, it's actually in the Bible. One person snickered at that. Okay, well, we're starting off well. So we are wrapping up our annual vision series tonight. Each year we take time to stop our usual, usual rhythms in order to come together and talk about where we are as a church and where we think Jesus is leading us in the next year. It's a time to remember our story over the past uh, two and a half years now and to look together at the trajectory that story is taking us into the future. It's a really exciting time. I, I love this time. Last week, Josh taught on the brokenness of the world and what following Jesus means in the face of that brokenness. Faithfulness and following Jesus is not hopelessness or passivity to the brokenness of the world. It is the way we as Van City have strived to apprentice after Jesus, to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things that Jesus did. If you weren't here last week, please go back and listen to it on the podcast. It's really good stuff. Uh, a disclaimer for tonight. Uh, this teaching is less of our normal style of teaching. We aren't going to dissect the scripture for like 20 minutes and then together work through the application of that. Um, we'll be back at that uh, format soon enough. But instead, tonight we're going to be looking at one verse, talk about our story as a church, and then talk about the coming year. Does that sound good? All right, let's do it. Look down with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and let's just read verse 1. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For our purposes tonight, we need to remember that uh, 1 Thessalonians is a letter. It's a letter from a master apprentice of Jesus named Paul to a church that he started in the city of Thessalonica. The message of Jesus had caused intense opposition in the city, and Paul and his companions had to flee for their lives in order to uh, escape Thessalonica. At most, they had been with the church around five or six months, and a few scholars think it was as short a time as three weeks before they had to run for their lives. In any case, Paul was worried about this new church that he had started and, and was now separated from. You know, were the leaders he trained uh, ready to go? Did the church know the scriptures well enough to follow Jesus? Um, and would they survive the persecution of their city, uh, this hostile environment that they existed in? All these concerns weighed on Paul, so he sent a companion of his to head back into the city to check on the church. Can you imagine if you had to be that guy? Listen, people want to kill us all, but you go ahead and go check on that church that we started. Have fun. Uh, when his companion returned, and he did, uh, and gave Paul the report on how the church was doing, Paul sat down and penned this very letter to be delivered to the church in Thessalonica. And from the letter, we can tell that, that the report Paul heard of the church was a good one. They were not only surviving, but they were thriving. Not perfectly, mind you, uh, but doing really well, all to Paul's great relief. And so we come to chapter 4, verse 1. Paul acknowledges the way that they live actually please God. What they were doing with their lives, how they were behaving was actually pleasing to God. And so they received his instructions, Paul's instructions, and put them into practice, and it's working. Like, things are happening, 
they're following Jesus well, and, and it's working in a really difficult environment. But Paul isn't content to allow them to stay at a plateau. They have succeeded, but now they need to do it more and more. And that phrase in, in verse 1, more and more, um, isn't actually a word-for-word word translation from the Greek, which is fine. It, it just translates the uh, idea well enough. Um, but I think the more literal translation from the Greek is a bit cooler, at least to me. In the Greek, it reads more like to abound or overflow and then more. It's like Paul is saying, now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to overflow in this and then more. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of like this. If, if the church in Thessalonica uh, was this cup, water pitcher, people, bear with me, all right? This is them. They're full, filled to the brim. They're doing what they've been instructed to do. And so Paul uses this language, and then he says, just overflow. Just do it. Keep doing it more and more. Uh, but he's not done there yet, right? He's like, overflow, hey, and then just keep going more and more and more. Don't worry, Patrick will clean that up. <laughs> it's, a, it's an illustration that's helpful for us, and, and I want to explain to you guys for our church, for Van City, why this is important for us. Two years ago, which was about six months after we started the church, we set about redoing the way we had been doing church up to that point. You know, the way we had been shown and taught by the church that planted us Bridgetown. So we planted a church, went for six months, and then told everyone, never mind, we're going to do it a different way. Um, it was a bit risky, and we weren't certain how people would take it, but we felt this was something Jesus was asking us to do. So in uh, the 2016 Vision Series, we introduced you all to the practices curriculum over a number of weeks. So we reshaped the way that we did our Van City communities and had to rework how we would do the teaching rhythm at the gathering. And honestly, it's been the best decision we've made as a church up to this point. In, in two years' time, we've covered these spiritual disciplines and emotional health principles, silence and solitude, prayer, fasting, dealing with your past, discovering your identity and calling, forgiving as we have been forgiven, and the one that we just wrapped up at the end of summer, eating and drinking. We've covered all of those in two years' time. And out of these practices, we've heard a lot of really amazing stories of growth as apprentices, um, and also a lot of very simple and somewhat tame stories of growth, all of which are important, are, are an important part of our story at Van City. And I was thinking about uh, sharing some of those stories with you guys and thinking about which ones to share, because there's a ton. And I was like, oh, I can't really do it justice. I'll just want to keep sharing more and more. So I was asking the Spirit, hey, what should I do in the section just right up in the office? It feels like a few minutes ago. And I just felt like uh, I should give you guys an encouragement, actually. Um, because if you've been here at Van City for a decent length of time and you've really given it a go with the apprenticeship stuff, I expect that Jesus made you become more like him in some small or big way. If he hasn't, in all honesty, like come and find me after the gathering, shoot me an email, send me a text, whatever it is, let's talk because uh, he should be working in you. Now, anyway, that, that transformation to be more like him doesn't just shape you as an individual apprentice. It shapes 
your community, your Van City community, and our church, and impacts the individuals around us. Your transformation is part of the trajectory our church is, is taking. So when you're faithful to Jesus and you um, uh, practice confession and confessing sin and repenting of sin and you see relationships healed and restored, you see your community thriving more, that doesn't just impact you in this little circle. It impacts our entire church and our entire church story. And I say that um, to encourage you to, to just... Um, Take seriously this transformation that Jesus is doing in you, that he has been doing in you, that he's been faithful to do in you. Because it doesn't just affect your life, it affects our church. It affects where we're going, where we're heading. And it's beautiful to see how Jesus is healing people, how Jesus is using each person with their giftings and their callings, and how he's uncovering those things, and how people are growing in him, and then it just adds to what we do here and now. So I just want to say well done in that. If you've been here for two years in a community, you have covered each one of these with a group of people you're sharing life with. For us, this has just become the way we do church, but outside of Van City, this is not the norm and not even close. This isn't like a humble brag or anything like this. Many scholars and church leaders and thought leaders have realized that the practice of spiritual disciplines, which have been practiced by the church for 2,000 years, have largely died out in the modern mainstream American church. And it's not just like this bummer thing that people aren't like praying really anymore, they're not reading scriptures, they're not fasting, silence and solitude, all of that. It is an existential crisis for the church. So on the one hand, when the leaders at Van City see all that in the church culture in our country, and then we come into the office or we have an elder meeting or a community leader meeting, and we're talking through about how our communities are doing and what the next practice will be and so on, we at times realize how odd our church is and in the best ways possible. You guys have proven to be committed, resilient, patient uh, group of people. So many times I heard over the last two years heading into a, a practice um, from people in a community hesitation or outright hostility towards what we are going to be doing. And then I would follow up, uh, you know, a few weeks or a couple months later, and I almost always heard the, pretty much the same thing. I hated the idea of it, but I still went for it, and Jesus did this little or big thing in my life because of it. That willingness to go for it and the faithfulness to do the practices is not the norm. A couple weeks ago, as I was thinking and praying through this teaching, uh, we so happened to go and hang out with the staff down at Bridgetown to pray and to talk together. It was a really uh, fun time. Bridgetown staff wanted to do some listening prayer over us in Van City, and out of that time, one of them said he had the image of a Boy Scout badge come to mind, you know, like uh, the badges you get when you make fire out of little twigs or something like that. I don't know. I was never in the Boy Scouts. That's the best I could do with twigs and making a fire. Um, he said that he felt like Jesus was awarding Van City a badge because we had done something significant and special as a church. And as I heard that, I thought, wow, thank, thanks for that, Jesus, because this had just been an idea that I had been thinking through and kind of turning over and praying about. I have the tendency to be optimistic in the best and worst ways. And so when I had 1 Thessalonians 4.1 come to mind, and I wanted to encourage you guys, I also was thinking, 
well, is this just my blind optimism talking? You know, is this actually based in reality? And then Jesus spoke that through a friend at Bridgetown. So I feel like I have the basis to say to all of you, because Jesus is king, well done. Keep it up. Keep going at it. We have been faithful to follow Jesus, to live to please him as we've been taught, and the cup is full for us. We are at that point. The cup is full for us. And now uh, we're at the vision series, and now we say let's overflow it and more. Part of what it means to help lead the church is occasionally taking the time to step back and survey where we are as a church. And it seems to us that in the last season, we've reached a sort of plateau with like communities and the practices. And it's not a bad thing, actually. We've done what we set out to do two years ago, which is to make the practices a foundation, uh, foundational for us as a church. We aren't perfect at spiritual formation or communities or really anything as a church, uh, as you guys well know. But what we do has become foundational and is really no longer questioned. We have filled our cup to the brim. So the way we see it is that we have a solid foundation in our communities and the practices. We aren't reinventing the wheel again or throwing those out. Our goal, as Josh taught last week, is still to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things that Jesus did. Uh, With that, still, uh, our goal, we want to focus on three themes this coming year kind of uh, across the board. Uh, When we look at what we are doing already as a church, we are in a season where we can look at things and and say, how can we do this better? We want to build on a solid foundation that we've really all worked hard to establish and make it better. Some of Some of it is like attention to detail sorts of things um, or aesthetic things and, and the like. And then some of it is big picture things. One of those big picture things Uh, that we're working to make better is actually what you heard from Megan uh, just a little bit ago about Advanced City Kids. Um, I I love her passion to not just have the kids area be a place where we drop off our kids so we can't have adult Jesus time uninterrupted by their screams and annoyances and and all of that. Uh, Our vision for that, what what Megan is passionate about is seeing uh, little kids know Jesus and follow Jesus. This is work that's going on downstairs that is foundational for an entire lifetime. And what she wants to do is say, hey, we have a foundation there. Let's build on it and make it better. I really would encourage you guys, like, what Jesus is up to down there is exciting. If you're not helping out down there, do it. Join what's going on down there. Help serve those kids and help teach them uh, about Jesus and how to follow Jesus. It's, It's beautiful stuff that's going on Downstairs with, downstairs with the Van City kids. So that's one area of the church we are looking to make better. Another area is for our communities. While uh, you guys have been doing great, and I'd love to give out encouragement, uh, as everyone can attest, it, it hasn't been perfect, um, which is to be expected, uh, we want uh, to take a look at a number of things for our communities to uh, make better in the coming year. First one is uh, a continued encouragement for communities to spend time with other communities. Plan fun nights together to get to know people outside of your uh, community 
community. We talked about this at length during last year's vision series, and you guys um, have been doing it despite the difficulties of scheduling, uh, like 24 adults to come and hang out together on the same night. You guys have been trying. Well done. Uh, my encouragement to you is to keep looking for ways to make more connections in, in Van City outside of your community. Those connections are really, really valuable. One of the most uh, common conversations I have with people at Van City is how they would like to know more people outside of their community. Um, and while we can't like hold people's hands and, and do that for them, uh, we think it's great and we want to help facilitate those sorts of relationships. So more on that in a bit. The second thing for communities is we want to see you grow your community's culture in organic, spontaneous prayer for one another. If someone shares something uh, heavy or going through a really hard time, just take time to stop what you're doing right there and pray for the person. Or perhaps you're having like the, one of those awkward or like really difficult, contentious conversations as a community. Just find an appropriate time to stop and pray over the conversation as a community. Um, you know, it actually may be helpful to go back through the practices on prayer as a community. Um, and, and again, more on that in a bit, you'll see. Um, we actually met with all the community leaders last month. Uh, we sat down, we had a meal, and then we talked about uh, what they felt like their wants for their communities were and what their needs were. And uh, I think it was pretty much unanimous that everyone said it was either a want or a need that they needed more prayer in their community. And we're talking about the prayer outside of that scheduled time we have in the practices. So the, the very nature of organic, spontaneous prayer is that we can't do it for you. We can't, like, formulate it for you. You guys just have to be creative and go for it. And you can. You can do that and do that well. And then the third thing is this. We realized before we even launched the practices that the format we chose had a weakness built into it. We cover a given practice for about four to eight weeks, and then we move on to the next practice. And, and once we cover a practice, we do not repeat it, which means if your community was created after we did the practice on prayer, we will not go over that practice again as a church. Or perhaps you did the practice on prayer, but you can tell it would be really helpful for your community to go back over it again. So the first part of this is an encouragement for you guys in your communities to take advantages of the breaks in between the practices to cover old practices. So what we do is we teach on a practice for like between four to eight weeks, and then we take a break and we're going through Matthew for a chunk of time. Take that chunk of time while we're in Matthew to go through an old practice together. All the old practices are still at practicingtheway.org. We still have all the teachings up for those practices. Take advantage of it as a community. And then as leaders, so we've realized this has been kind of a need for quite a while, and we're starting to work out an idea for consolidating the practices to the kind of the core and bare necessities so that you could do a practice as a community in a week or two instead of eight, which I think sounds a little bit helpful. Um, in the meantime, talk about which practices you'd like to cover again as a community and go for it. Now, uh, that was a lot, those three things that we just covered. Um, for you uh, Van City community leaders here tonight, uh, I'll be sending out an email this week with kind of a conversation primer about these three areas that you can uh, use to talk about these things with your community over the next few months. Um, it'll help just guide your group discussions around these ideas and come away with some concrete steps to implement them. Now, one other area in the church that we are making to look better, uh, we are looking to make better, is our podcast, which is kind of weird 
to uh, say, but uh, hear me out. We have about 100 people uh, in communities here at Van City, which is uh, great, and yet each teaching at Van City is listened to over a thousand times from people all over the world. So I don't think it's like the seven people in your community that missed last week that listened to it, like, I don't know, what would that be, a hundred times each or something like that? Uh, they're not that good, trust me. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Um, well, we just lost a bunch of listeners to our podcast. Um, anyways, uh, so we have a bunch of people, uh, over a thousand listens to each teaching on our podcast. And, and um, if that's you, if you're listening actually to the podcast right now, and that like describes you, you're, you're not a part of Van City, but you faithfully listen to the podcast, we just want to say, hey, how's it going? Uh, we're glad you're listening. Um, our encouragement to you as people who aren't in Vancouver and listen faithfully uh, to what we're doing here is to um, just, if it makes sense, grab a group of friends together and start doing the practices. You, they're available to anyone, so just go to practicingtheway.org, and we'd love you to join us in practicing the way of Jesus together in your city. So the podcasts are going to be updated a bit, but we're also looking for ways to get you guys at Van City more relevant. I'm talking to you, not the podcast people now, just FYI. Um, more relevant content via the podcast that just won't fit into the gathering. Uh, for instance, we had additional info and interviews available via the podcast when we taught through nonviolence, when we went through the Sermon on the Mount, and we had a ton of positive feedback about how helpful that was. And so we'd like to do more helpful things for you guys via the podcast. We're still in the idea stage of this, so this will take time for us to figure out exactly what that looks like. But we're really uh, excited about the possibilities. Now, those are some of the things we want to see better this next year. You guys still tracking with me? You doing all right? Okay. We're also going to do more things this coming year. And for us to do more is to start doing new things that we hadn't done before. One of the areas of critical need that we've had in the church since we started is for something geared specifically for women at Van City. Um, we've had countless meetings and conversations with women at Van City wanting something for women by women. And we wanted it too and prayed for it as leaders of the church for two and a half years. Um, and we have a ton of uh, ladies that can help do something but didn't have the space to be responsible to make it happen. In the last couple months, um, a team of leaders or ladies has formed with some really cool encouragement from the Holy Spirit to pray, plan, and take responsibility for doing women's stuff. We have a night coming up for ladies to eat and pray together. I think it's October 19th here from 6 to 8. Sign up for that. Um, this is actually the first thing that uh, this team of ladies has put together, and they'll be looking to do more stuff in the future. It's not just a one-off thing. Really excited about that. If you're sitting here and you're a dude and you're thinking, hey, good for those ladies, what about us? Um, that's fair. Uh, it's something we want to see for our church as well. Uh, we're in the beginning phases of figuring out what it would look like for our church and who would help lead it. But I think my realistic hope is that we'll have it together and rolling by next year's vision series. And if it doesn't happen by then, feel free to send all your angry emails to Patrick. He loves to receive them. Another thing we are looking to start in the next year is format and structured leadership development. 
Uh, one of our values at Van City is to identify, equip, and, and empower new leaders. And we've been doing that mostly in one-on-one -on -one settings. Uh, we're at a point in our church where we want and need a new crop of leaders for various things in the church. And so we're looking at ways we could train up a group of potential leaders. So if you're a part of Van City, faithfully coming to the gatherings in your community and feel the Holy Spirit may be inviting you to consider the possibility of leading something at the church, let's grab coffee. I would honestly love to chat with you about that. Um, it would be helpful for us to know who is interested in learning how, how to lead. Um, this is for people who uh, feel they may be called from any, everything from maybe like leading up the safety team to leading one of the kids' classes downstairs to uh, having a sort of role like a, a deacon or maybe eventually in some context down the road like an elder or a pastoral position, not promising anything here, trust me, but I'm just saying we want to invest in people who God is calling to help lead the church. So, uh, if you kind of fit into anything like that or in between, again, uh, let me know. I'd love to chat with you about that. Lastly, we're really excited uh, about kicking off the new House of Learning Rhythm. Uh, Josh has worked really hard to plan out and strategize how we can make House of Learning effective and also efficient, um, using it as a tool to teach on areas that we often can't deep dive into on Sunday. So we'll have new classes throughout the coming year, starting with what he said in the announcement, this upcoming class, Debates in Theology, which is October 14th. Sign up. It'll be a good time. So those are four big things that we'll be doing this year. It's more than what we've done in the past. And then that takes me to my last point, which is pace. It's always been our goal as a church to focus our time and energy on the gathering and on communities to keep people's schedules as clear as possible. We don't want a bunch of programs and church events that require your attendance. Um, and that's for two reasons. Uh, first of all, you, you are already probably too busy, that, that's for sure. And uh, the second thing is we want you to be active and engaged with your spheres of influence, with your coworkers, family, classmates, neighbors, and friends. And so we focus on what we call creating moments and not uh, ministries, meaning we want to be really selective and intentional with any extra things we do as a church because we don't want to just put on events just to say we're doing stuff as a church. Um, and, and this is still our philosophy. But we also acknowledge that having extra things like stuff geared specifically for Van City women or Van City men that are a bit more consistent and carry momentum are really valuable as well. So one of the things we as leaders are trying to kind of steward and guard well is the pace of the church. We want to do things better. We want to do more. But it's kind of a fine line between doing more and doing too much. You, you, you guys probably know uh, this well in your personal lives when you have uh, a pretty like full week, but it's at a decent pace so that you feel like, okay, yeah, I can just kind of go from thing to thing and it, it's a bit more relaxed. But, you know, it's, it's full. And then the weeks where you have so many things going on that you are just stressed out and you know it's going to take you like the whole next week to recover from the week that you're doing right then. And if you're like in your early 20s and you're like, what are you talking about? Because you have a bunch of youthful energy. Trust me, you will hit that stage in your life. It will happen. So as leaders, we want to make it count when we offer a women's or a men's event 
or when we invite you to participate in leadership development, or when we offer extra stuff on the podcast. We want it to contribute to people's apprenticeship to Jesus, to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things that Jesus did. This will be a learning process uh, for all of us, uh, the leaders included, with some trial and error. So, you know, kind, friendly feedback can be helpful for us. Um, And then any angry emails can, again, be sent to Patrick. He enjoys them. For some of you hearing all of this tonight and you're like, okay, uh, sweet, you're excited for the better and the more. You have or can easily make space for it in your schedule, and I'm really excited for you to participate in this stuff. It's going to be a blast. Some of you, you're excited but kind of a bit hesitant because you already know that you'll have to pick and choose what you participate in. And, And to that we say... That's, that's totally fine. Don't overbusy yourself when your schedule for the week causes you anxiety. Look to cut some of it out or just plan less in the future. That, that works well, too. Use your time to follow Jesus well, to work hard, and also to rest well. And then there's some of you feeling uh, kind of like the anxiety well up inside of you as I've talked about more things that Van City will be doing. Um, your schedule is already too full. You're already dropping the ball on a bunch of stuff. So let me first assure you that none of this is re- required to participate in. So just take a breath. Also, as somebody who understands crazy busyness with you know, graduate school, full-time job, and a toddler running around, I just want to encourage you with an opportunity. Out of tonight, ask yourself, what does it look like for you to grow in your apprenticeship to Jesus? Do you have the time to? As I said, all of this stuff we want to do in the next year is aim to grow us in our apprenticeship to Jesus. What does that look like for you? Busy seasons come and go, and it's not always bad stuff that makes us extra busy. Sometimes it's stuff we have little control over. But even in the midst of our busy seasons, we want those times to shape us, what we call the hard knocks of life in our spiritual formation paradigm. What does that look like for you to, fo- to allow a busy, busy season to be a tool for spiritual formation. And maybe that looks like learning to say no to more work things in order to free up more time and slow the pace of your life down a little. Maybe for others, um, you know, maybe if you have a new kid or something like that, you need to lean on the grace and goodness and faithfulness of Jesus because your busyness is mostly out of your control at this point. And for others of you, perhaps it's a gut check time to kind of realize that your busyness is actually caused by things like Netflix, social media, sports, politics, working out, and on and on and on. The options go that can use up our time. Things that aren't necessarily bad at all, but eat away at our time without much thought or effort. That's not to shame you, uh, but coming to that realization is critical for finding more time to grow closer to Jesus. To end tonight, I just want to look back at 1 Thessalonians. Paul, remember, writing to a church he very much loved and had concern for, saying, well done, now overflow it, and more. And I think the fair question is, what does that end up producing? If the Thessalonians take Paul's encouragement, what will their church look like? So turn over in your Bibles just one chapter to chapter 5 of First Thessalonians. Paul ends his letter to the church in Thessalonica with this encouragement. Rejoice always, pray continually, 
give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in King Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus the King. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Paul paints a picture for the church of what it looks like to be a thriving church who is following after Jesus, who's doing that overflow and more. Joy, prayer, thankfulness in all sorts of seasons of life. God's spirit active, you know, prophecy with openness and also discernment. Goodness and a rejection of every kind of evil. Becoming like Jesus through and through, a freedom from everything that leads to guilt and an experience of Jesus' faithfulness and power to transform a person. We've seen stuff like this happening at Van City, but we want it more. We've talked about our goals for the coming year, what we think Jesus is asking us to go for, which I think will produce this kind of culture in our church, which is exciting. So produce this sort of culture in us as individuals. Our call is to be faithful, to overflow and more in our apprenticeship to Jesus. But ultimately, King Jesus will show his faithfulness to us. He will be the one that transforms us. We just need to keep showing up because it works.